What's going on, people? It's David West from DavidWest.org, and I have another special guest in the building. Hi, Yellow Pod. My. <laughs> You're doing it! Mar- don't even stop it. Don't even stop it. You stopped it? Don't stop it. <laughs> Mariah Gallegos. There it is. See, Hello. we. Damn, I, you know, I practiced. We just went over it. That's we so We were crazy. just having And I know it. That's the, I know it. I just. <laughs> I was too excited to, to talk to you today. That's what it is. We're How trying to you? get into it. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Working, um, visiting family, finding the things that make me happy. It's a whole thing. Like Travis Kelsey? Like Travis Kelsey. He makes okay. me very happy. <laughs> <laughs> me too. He's on my fantasy team. Um, yo, No, I really appreciate you. Um. You said you drove this morning from Corpus Christi to be here, so that's that's love. Like I sincerely appreciate you. Did for doing it for that. you, but we were planning it, and so I, there was no way I was about to flake out. Real one. <laughs> I was Real excited. One. And the thing is, I was I hit you up at like five this morning. I, I, I kind of felt bad, but the thing is, you're a TV reporter, so you, I know you're. I know how I beat your hours are already sporadic. So you not you was probably already up. Yeah, yeah, I am a morning reporter now. So and even like on the weekends, I work on the morning. So literally. My alarm goes off at two o'clock every morning. Really? Yeah. Still. Yeah. You know your days off. Well, not on my days off, but like my body clock gets up like so mm. early. Like it's hard to sleep in, and I have to like make myself go back to sleep because naturally I wake up around five, right. six o'clock, and right. I'm like up checking my phone, which I probably shouldn't do as you're soon good. as I wake up. But <laughs> you're, you're good. I mean, it, the thing is, so I have a back. We're gonna get. We're gonna dive into this in a little later, but. Obviously, I have a background in television, too. I aspire to be on television until I tapped in with audio. But Ew. So I kind of know a sense, obviously not to the, to the degree that you know of, but I kind of have a sense of what people think looks good, you know, what's on television. Like, they see you doing things now, but they don't understand, like, the grind and stuff. But we're going to get into it, though. Right. We're going to definitely tap in <laughs> with that. So, again, I appreciate you being here. And I'll tell you right off the bat, um, when I knew I wanted you to be on the platform this season was um, – I was on LinkedIn. I connected with you on LinkedIn. Oh, right? yeah, And yeah. I saw your uh, <laughs> I saw your reel, um, package reel. For those watching who don't who don't know television, that's sort of like, it's like highlights. Like your highlight right. reel for like sports or whatever it may be. I saw your reel and I was like, damn, like Mariah's like winning. She's out here. <laughs> she's out here winning. She's doing things. She's aspiring to be on television. She is on television. She's She has a reel. She's doing, God, she's doing her thing, right? Thank you. And I was like, she's winning out here. And it's like. I firmly believe your network is your net worth, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like I have to align myself with people who are aspiring to win and aspiring to do things. I right. saw you doing a lot of things, and I was like, damn, yeah, I need to have her on the platform because at some point she's going to be bigger than me, and I'm not going to re- <laughs> I'm not gonna be able to reach out to her no more. Not so I even. Sure. I stay humble. Um, I, I, mean, ha- I do too, but I still got the- damn, let's make sure we not co- cover the chain. Cover the chain. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, I mean, I feel like we're both, like, very humble people, you know? Like, it – being in news, I feel like there's definitely some people who get to a point where they might have a little bigger head or, mm. um, you know, it's easy to kind of get pulled into that because you start going places, people know you, people recognize you, or even like like that, like friends that you grew up with, family members. Like I've had so many family members tell me too, like, I got to get your autograph before. And I'm like, not even, it like, is. I don't see yeah, it like that it. at yep. all. Like I'm still little old me, like just a cousin, just a friend, just a sister, you know, who's from Richmond. Like, I don't see it like that at all. Shout so. out to Richmond. But I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah how, shout out to Richmond. <laughs> how do you, how, how would you say, how do you remain humble? I mean, it's like, or is it just your upbringing? Or I think, you- yeah, for sure. I think a lot of it is just like the way that I was raised. Like, we didn't have anything. Like, we were just like a broke little family of mm. four kids. My parents had us all like, 
pretty young. Like my mom was 18 when she had my older sister, and we were all like back to back. Jasmine? Jasmine, yeah. Shout out to Jasmine. I've Shout out Jasmine. Damn, I, seen her I love you. Sis. Go ahead, keep, sorry. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Um, I mean, yeah, like four kids. You know, um, my parents were young and trying to make it. You know, we went from living in a trailer to mm. my parents would like push us around in like carts that they took from the grocery store to like oh. go to the pawn shop. You know, mm. like that's how we grew up. And like my parents were just always like hustlers, like always grinding always working my mom uh, had a job went to back to school to get her accounting degree Mm -hmm. and I feel like they just always had like a idea of wanting more for them and for us Um, and so I feel like that background of like growing up like that and just uh, living off ramen noodles sometimes (laughs) it's the reality you know Um, and so I think it was just, yeah, like the way I grew up and the way that my parents still are till this day, it's more of like that, uh, you know, you work hard to be where you are or to get where you want to go and just stay humble. The blessings will come. So so. is that sort of, is that something you sort of lean on now? Like I said, like you said, you you remain humble now. Is that something, would you say your past experiences and what you how you came up is that something you have to remind yourself like maybe you because we all get big-headed you're right, on te- right, you're, on, right. you're on television like <laughs> everyone has an ego i have an ego just from doing this podcast is it sort of bringing up those old memories that keeps you leveled keeps you humble you think i don't think it's something that i have to like actively remind myself to be this way i think it is like who i am and just my like natural kind of like character i mean you're right like sometimes i will say like I like the compliments, you know, <laughs> do a little hair right, flip right. here and there, you know, it feels good, um, you know, to be on screen and to be recognized, of course, like who wouldn't love that, got you know, check. Got, got the blue check on Twitter. I'm waiting for Instagram and everybody else to come through. But I'm telling um, you, I'll tell you a, a quick story. So I don't know if you know this. I think two weeks ago they reopened sort of the um, you can apply for the blue check again on Twitter. Right. OK. I applied. As you should. <laughs> You've probably been on my profile. I didn't get it. I didn't get it. So they, they, they said, Dave, you're not big time enough. That's what's crazy, right? But um, uh, so <laughs> maybe that was their way of keeping me humble. Because, I mean, I'm definitely. They're like, t- sir, sit down. Yeah, you're not. you just not big time yet, big homie. But you're going to get there. How you look hot. Um, right. Yeah, but um, so obviously I do the NPR stuff now. So it's coming, though. It's coming NPR. I do the radio. So it's, it's, it's on the way. That's that's cool. I didn't know that you were in NPR until we had kind of like caught up and we were DMing and stuff. Um, how do you like that? I mean, to, to flip the script here a little bit. Oh, yeah. I didn't even say it. You can ask me whatever you want. I'm an open book. <laughs> ask me whatever. This is not an interview. It is, but it's a conversation. So right. ask me whatever you want. NPR is super dope. It's been a super dope blessing. I've been with them since... Uh, June, and then I messed with their. I know you did something with their affiliate station at some time, a like long um, time ago. Yeah, in Arizona, where right, I went right, to right. school. Right, yeah, so yeah. they also have affiliate, um, what they call member stations, and uh, they have a radio company called KUT that's uh, rec- that's recorded, broadcast, or whatever in the University of Texas at Austin, my nice. former school. So mm-hmm. it's super dope. Um, I had an internship with NPR, slowly transitioned into uh a role with them doing a show called morning edition mm. and then i'm also at the same time on the weekends i do radio hosting at kut so nice. definitely tap in with me on the radio but this is how you pot so we're not going to talk no more <laughs> about my employers because <laughs> i love my employers um you're your own boss here <laughs> yeah definitely trying to be definitely trying to be I like that. Yeah. I I feel like, you know, people who work in some kind of media, like, you know, field in some sense, like we all kind of understand, 
you know, the background that it takes to get there and, right. um, you know, the, the nice parts of it and the bad parts of it sometimes, we're you gonna, know. We're going to get all into it. See, and you were, I feel like I cut you off. You were getting into this, but um, so my early, I feel like my first journalism experience was <laughs> doing yearbook in high school, right? That right. was That's journalism at the end of the day. I don't, I wouldn't say that's, that's what got me doing audio and television and wanted to aspire to do all those different things. But mm-hmm. that was sort of my entryway into journalism altogether. What was yours and when did that sort of... uh? take place like when did you start either aspiring to be on tv or just your journalism in general yeah um well you were already a step ahead of me there because i feel like in high school i was more focused on uh you know i was in sports um played volleyball played softball um tried to do track but Mm. the coaches made me throw up at the first practice so that Mm. was a that was a no-go i couldn't keep up with them shout out to anybody who runs track because that is a that's a league of its own but um i think honestly i don't think it was ever you know something where i was like i love journalism this is what i'm gonna do like i didn't even have an idea of like all that journalism entails you know like it was just something that okay well that's what i like it's journalism you know like Mm -hmm. it was kind of that connection there but um i feel like i was just always kind of a good writer like i never struggled in english or like writing a facebook post you know like all of it now when it came to math (laughs) well i was good at math so that was honestly like i'm really good at math and numbers and my mom now is an accountant i feel like i kind of got that logistical side from her um so initially i always used to think like oh i'm gonna be an accountant like my mom or i'm gonna go into like marketing or something like that um so when i was going to college or trying to find right like you have to decide what are you gonna major in what are you gonna do um i actually was initially under like sports it was like sports marketing or something like that. Right, but right. the goal is that you would work for like a team and handle their, um, you know, like marketing or whatever, numbers side of it. Mm. Um, so I actually started off with a business degree and a business major um, because I just wasn't sure. You know, I feel right. like you have that question when you get to senior year of like, all right, time to decide. What are you going to do? You're 18 years old. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what I want to 100%. do. And if you're like me, who was like a class clown and didn't want to. <laughs> Man, my high school. I've came up a long way from. Uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I, no, I feel that. I feel that because I feel I'm like sorry. I was the same way. Like, um, you know, I was like worried about being with my friends, worried about going out, and, um, you know, I mean, there's some regrets even with that itself. Like, I mm. I look back on it and wish I would have done some things differently, but also I feel like those regrets, I guess you could call them, or you know, memories now, um, kind of push me to change the way that I live my life now. And I mean, for example, that just being spending more time with my family. Mm. I love my family, good vibes all around. And so I wish I had dedicated more of that time to them early on. But lesson learned, I do it now. So I love them. But anyways, that's that's a whole track right right there. Um, Yeah. So I started with business. And then my first semester, I was like, okay, no, this is not what I want to do. I don't like it. Um, And so I tried figuring out first semester of college, like, okay, I got to change paths because I don't want to waste my time, you know? Mm. College college money is, that college bag is a different bag. (laughs) Oh, yeah, like, you don't have time to waste, you know, especially, like, for me, going out of state. So I went to Arizona State, um, and so out-of-state tuition just is not a joke. So my parents were like, girl, if you're going to change, you better change now, you know. So um, I did. I I started uh, talking with friends, and I started visiting the other campus, um, which was in Phoenix, Arizona, and their journalism school there. They had their law school there, and I think medical school. But anyway. 
neighborhoods. I started shuttle, taking the shuttle back and forth uh, right. to there and just like it, seeing what it felt like, what it was like, what kind of classes they offered. And I applied, even though you're going to like the university to get into that school, right? Like you have to apply. And so I applied to the journalism school because I thought, eh, like communication's kind of cool, you know? Right, right. So um, I applied, got accepted. And so I started going to the journalism school in the second semester of freshman year. Mm. And I absolutely loved it. I loved the people that I met. I loved like my first year classes or first semester classes, I guess you could say. Um, and so from there on out, like, I felt like this is it, like, this is what I like to do. And even still, I actually was, um, interested in sports journalism because I thought sports are fun. Let me ask you, not to cut you off. No, yeah. Did you want to, was sports sort of, because like you said, you were a multi-sport athlete in high school. Right. Um, is that the reason that you think you wanted to pursue sports marketing out of high school? Is that, is that Yeah, like I definitely, um, that probably was a tie-in. I mean, at the time I didn't realize it, you know, it just sounds fun, right? Like I want to do a job that's fun and sports is fun. I, en- I enjoy right. playing. I enjoy watching it. Um, and so I was like, yeah, I want to, I want to do that. But right. um, slowly I figured out that sports journalism is a lot more competitive than I thought. Mm, <laughs> see, this, is, this is why I align with you. You know what it, you know what it, what it is. I mean, I went to UT aspiring to be on sports television. Right. And I, every single networking event, every networking fair, Dave, you're going to have to make an adjustment because sports is very competitive. Go over, go, go ahead and come to news. I don't want to be on yeah. the news. <laughs> news. I, don't even, I don't even watch the news, yo. Like <laughs> every every network and every mentor, mm-hmm. yo, sports is crazy. You, you're not going to be able to do it. Um, it's very competitive. Like you said, everybody wants to do it. Everyone yeah. wants to be on TV altogether. Um, so they kept telling me they kind of, it was in my ear, but I never really made an adjustment. I finally made the adjustment when um, – when the pandemic happened, the sports shut down. That was sort of my eye-opening moment. Like, oh, sports is kind of indispensable. Sports doesn't. Right. We don't need sports. Sports doesn't really matter. Sports, while sports is shut down, there's no games, nothing during the pandemic. News is still going on. Mm-hmm. Oh, so news is everlasting. <laughs> oh, my mentors aren't crazy. Oh, these, <laughs> these people know what the hell they're talking about. It just the puzzle all, starts coming together. <laughs> it just all starts making sense. And I'm not one to be like. I've never been someone who. It's stuck on one thing. Right. I I consider myself. Uh, I don't know. I like to do a handful of different things, right? Mm-hmm. Radio, whatever it is. Um, so I was never tied to that one thing, but it is the one thing I want to do the most, right? I wanted right. to be on sports, um, whether it was writing, what? Well, not even writing. Um, I started off as a newspaper columnist for uh, UT, but um, I know I want to do television because people have always told my personality. I have to be in front of a camera. Right. Um, why would they say that? I don't know. Right? <laughs> no, that makes were, sense. What yeah, but mean? they were telling me I always had to be, you have a personality. You should be on TV. You should be on camera. You should be doing whatever. You, David, whatever you do, make sure your face is on it because you'd be having a good time and you'd be wilding out sometimes, right? So that's how I, but to get back to it, that's sort of how I found out like, oh, sports can go away at any time. Obviously, right. pandemic, that's a one in a hundred year situation, right? right, that, right. That's not going to happen every so often, but it opened my eyes. It was mm-hmm. like, um, like I said, I was tapped into UT television and do on air and stuff like that. But I was there. I was in our little um, what is it called? Our studio, or whatever. When sports shut down, like when mm-hmm. we got the Rudy Gobert got the he got tested for COVID. The league shut down. Right. I was in there and it was like, oh, so 
what am I do now? Right. Well, I start a podcast, right? But anyways, you got to find something else, you right. know, because you're right. Like sports is an entertainment. It's not mm. a necessity unless you play it and you need that bag to go home with. But, um, you know, it's definitely a part of the entertainment side of things. So like, you know, we saw stores close down, but grocery stores didn't close, you know? So. <laughs> I, hey, I know I worked that one. <laughs> I, I just put my two weeks in that HEV. Go ahead. Hey. That's going to be nice. Um, But yeah, you know, so uh, for sure. I mean, and even aside from that, like uh, the competitiveness of sports, like you were saying, like there's so many guys, men who want to be a sportscaster, but even y'all are up against old players. I mean, you know, if you look at the round tables, it's five of them are, you know, uh, Hall of Famers uh, or something. 100%. I tweeted about this uh, a couple, like a couple of weeks ago, actually. Um, I think, uh, what is it? First, yeah, it was First Take um, with Stephen A. Smith, and um, he's doing Max Kellerman Just Love for people who don't tap in with First Take. Mm-hmm. It's, a sports, it's a daily sports show, and uh, Max Kellerman, who was a journalist, just left, and he's been rotating in like former NFL players, stuff like that. And I tweeted this. I was like, well, let me do a quick thread as to why I left sports journalism, right? The pandemic, obviously, but like if you look at sports journalism right now, it's full of former athletes, right? right. Because they, they're the most qualified and they mm-hmm. know what they're talking about. Like mm-hmm. they, they bring a different insight that you and I just can't bring because we never played it. So right. I, that also was an eye opener. It was like, oh, yeah, because even watching like a, let me not even say names because who knows? I might run out. <laughs> you don't know who you're going to run into. One no, day. that's true. So gotta, like, gotta I, keep the bridges strong. Right, I see 100%. <laughs> right, I see. Um, I'll see non-former athletes on sports. I still tap in with them, but it's just a different perspective. They can't bring the television. You right. Know what I'm so who can go awesome. up against Drew Brees? I mean, he, he's commenting now. Right, you know I'm a Saints fan. Don't do this. You know I'm a Saints fan. I would feel here. so intimidated. You know I'm a Saints fan. So shout out to Drew Brees. Um, Even Tony Romo. I remember whenever he moved, uh, what was it, to Thursday nights, right, I believe. Um right. It was just like even if you weren't a fan of Tony Romo, and he on got the, the highest, field, he got the highest bag too. He was so he's so good at it at his job now. It's like I love to hear him, and I you know I love hearing him like you know play by plays. Like I absolutely love it. So yeah, like people who you know I feel like anyone who didn't play the sport and you try to go in, you're really just a host. Mm. You're one of the hosts, you know. Mm. Um, but the Hall of Famers and the pre players, previous players. Uh, I feel Shannon like they Sharps, lead a lot of the, mm-hmm, the they Shannon lead those Sharps, convos. The Keyshawn Johnsons, the Jay Williams. Right. I'm definitely tapped in with all of them. Like I said, I used to, that was my life. Right? Yeah. I got to UT, oh, I'm only doing sports. Y'all mentors can't tell me a damn thing. I mean, I'm glad you felt that way. Like right, nobody yeah, yeah. can tell you, you know, like if you have a dream, go for it. Like right. we, whether there's obstacles that you already know or you're going to have to cross over, right. go for it, you know? Yeah. And but you came to that realization on your own, so Yeah, it, it was just a, a maturation. It's just a mature process. I mean, again, you were, people were telling me this when I first got to UT, and it was like, so what? I'm I'm David. I could right. I could tap. I'm tapped in. I, I watch Maybe sports. For I, could, you. I watch sports. <laughs> I could I could do this right. But no, I'm telling you, the pr- the pandemic gave me a whole different perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, to switch up, to go backwards a little bit. I know, um, like you said, you transitioned to um, Arizona State after right. growing up in Richmond, and uh, you have a you have a post on Instagram that was talking about this that you know you were afraid to move across the, move mm-hmm. across the country and. Mm-hmm. Um, move away from your family and do something completely different from the normal so definitely tap in and talk about how you know you made that transition and how it felt in the moment 
Um, because like I said, I know you were saying you were afraid. Just yeah, making that it's a big change. It is. It's a big change. Um, actually, I just ran across this man at Lopez a few uh, days or weeks ago now, and what's he- Lopez? The Mexican restaurant here. Yo, there's I'm, one in Stafford and there's one over off 99 in Richmond. I'm uh, not tapped in. I'm oh, not tapped in. I got to take you. That's where we're going for lunch. 100%. 100%. Um, but anyways, he had asked me. We were talking about traveling and stuff like that. And um, he used to actually work at my current station. So it was just like weird how we crossed paths. But he had asked me, like, how did you end up at Arizona State from little Richmond, mm. you know? But Richmond's not small. I just want to send that out there. I love Richmond. No yeah, hate. for sure. I grew um, up there. Uh, and, you know, I feel like in that moment, graduating or senior year or whatever, a part of me just wanted to do something different and be somewhere different. Um, my parents are super, super, um, like, motivating and supportive in the sense that they used to always tell me, like, hey, home is home. Like, we're mm. always going to be here. Your house isn't going anywhere. We aren't going anywhere. Go experience life. Like, go out there. Go, like, super you know, push it. Push the envelope. See what you can do. I mean, mom and dad are always going to be here. You can always come back home. That's super dope. Um, and so having them kind of in my ear, like, you know, let, letting me know that they were there for anything I wanted to do whether that was go down the street to WCJC and start there or take the jump and try to go somewhere else. Um, I was smart. I made good grades, um, tested pretty well. So I knew I had options on the table. You know, my parents always let me know, like, even though they would struggle maybe to make a payment, finances was never something I had to worry about. So if I wanted to go somewhere, don't you don't have to worry about how it's going to get paid. That's so important. So that's such for a, sure. That family, family structure. Yeah, that's Definitely. Such a, yeah. So I knew the options I had. Um, I, at this point, I did kind of know that um, I wanted to go out of state. I think I had that idea there already. Like I was just looking at schools in Texas that where would I want to go? And right, I right. like my heart wasn't in anywhere. I didn't grow up. My mom went to U of H. My dad never went to college. So it's not like I grew up in a house where everyone went to, you know, LSU or UT. Right. That's where I'm going to go. Like it was never that. It was like, no, independently, like make a choice. Where do you want to go? Yeah. Um, so I applied to all these schools. I applied to LSU. I applied to UT, to A&M, to Texas Tech, uh, to ASU and Florida and Michigan, which mm. is really weird. <laughs> so I applied yeah. everywhere just to see. Um, and I got accepted everywhere pretty much. And Shout out From to you. There, yeah. Shout out to you, shout out, sure. to, shout out to the teachers at Lamar, though. <laughs> Let's not get crazy. No, I'm just fine. But, yeah. And so me and my mom kind of sat down and, you know, we had these papers of, like, acceptance letters. And it was kind mm. of like, okay, where's too far? Where would you actually want to go? Uh, Michigan, my dad did not want me to go to Michigan. He was like, it's too far and it's going to be too cold. You're a summer baby. Hmm. So I was like, yeah, you're probably right. Like, so Michigan got right. crossed off. Florida, um, I I just, I don't know. I didn't want to go to Florida and my parents kind of didn't want me to go because they think it's like wild and out and crazy. And they're mm. like, you're going to get over there and never finish school. <laughs> I, I would say Florida was ahead of the curve, but everyone's catching up. Right, catching right. Up. Um, so Florida got crossed off. I knew I, I really, really wanted to be out of state, though. So to stay in Texas was sort of like a last resort. Um, Wait, so you, sorry. So you knew you wanted to be out of state. Right. Yeah. I don't I don't know why. I so just, you weren't afraid to make the transition and go. I, not initially. I didn't okay. think about it. No, I, I didn't think about how hard it might be or the, you know, like kind of. 
I, there's a word for it, but like the uh, cultural shock that I would mm. experience. Like none of that I knew about. I didn't think about it or anything. All I knew was I was this like stubborn little teenager who wanted to be out of state. I wanted to right. be far. Or I wanted to experience this, um, you know, something that I probably would never be able to experience again. So it was came down to the wire of LSU and Arizona State. Oh, you about to break my heart. I loved LSU. Oh. I wanted to be there. I wanted to be this like cool little like southern chick at LSU. You were supposed to be a tiger. <laughs> I know, <laughs> right? I literally paid for everything for LSU up until the wire. Like wow. all the deposits I had to make because I was so indecisive. Like I said, I never grew up in a home where there was like that made it easy to make that choice. I guess so. It was all up to mm. me. And LSU was closer to home. Um, so there was just a, a number of reasons why I was kind of stuck in between. So me and my mom went to visit Arizona just to visit and see how the campus was, how things right. like that, college visit. <clears throat> and I fell in love with it. I literally loved Arizona. I loved everything about the campus. It was absolutely beautiful. And the weather is amazing. So I think once I like visited, I had made my choice. So I came back home and there it was. I was going to go to Arizona state and we figured out all the like financial things got it paid for got my orientation set up and yeah from there on like I, I guess I never really thought about it until I got to Arizona like I never thought about how hard it was um actually my current boyfriend was my boyfriend then right. uh, Joseph and he had planned a like surprise going away dinner mm. with some friends and stuff like that and I think at that dinner it sort of started to hit me you know like Shit, I'm not going where you know I'm not going right. anywhere close but like I started to feel sad about it and kind of like did I make the right decision and all of that stuff and my grandma or Momo um, but she's my grandma right. at that time she would tell me like baby like don't go far like I'm gonna miss you and growing up in a, our Hispanic household and family no one went out of state like that no one left the coop like that mm. you know it was very all my family lives here in richmond rosenberg so it was like kind of like this unknown idea like what are you doing you know so especially for her my momo at the time she was very like scared and uh, a very religious woman and so she was like i'm so scared for you like i'm praying for you and all of that, you know, um, but still, I was so stubborn. I was like, I'm sorry. I'll see you. I'll see you, Momo. I'll see you at Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Um, yeah, so I don't think I ever, like, came to that realization of how tough it was until I got there. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's real. That's real. But, I mean, you touched on a lot of things I want to I tackle. Um, I think it's just the concept of being, like, comfortable being uncomfortable. You know what I mean? Because, right. man, I mean – so obviously my experience a little bit different like i said class clown all that type of stuff so got declined by lsu <laughs> got declined by every university i applied to except prairie view and i've told the story a hundred times mm-hmm. um kind of got stuck there because it was the only school that wanted me to be there right um and similar to what you're saying about how your family was all in richmond that's where i've had i have relatives that go to prairie view i have neighbors that go to prairie view yeah it felt like an extension of high school for me right mm-hmm. everyone i knew my cousin went there that you know um Xavier, um, <laughs> everyone was at Prairie View, right? So I got that, like, yo, I, this is not going to work for me, fam. Right. I can't, um, first of all, I feel like I'm limiting myself, um, mm-hmm. not necessarily because I put myself in this situation because, again, I didn't take high school serious till I was, like, a, right. a senior in high school, right? And, so the, I, and like, yeah. unless you're, like, growing up, like, with parents who went to college, did the whole shebang, oh, and no. they're able to kind of, like, guide yeah. you in the right path, 
it's like you're figuring that out on your own. So you're yeah. having to make mistakes, catch up, and try to do it right. And it time just ticking, right. And that, and know? that's that's the family structure I was talking. About. That's so important to right. maturation and just growing all together. Both parents, I think they both went to college temporarily, maybe a semester, maybe, right, and right. they they not, they didn't finish right. So mm-hmm. step parents, really anyone in my any mentor I would consider didn't go right. right. So yeah, no, definitely that's why family structure is definitely important because I definitely had to tap in and. They weren't. They wanted me to go to Prairie View because, like, the reason he said, "Oh, it's closed, mm-hmm. so you can be around here." Mm-hmm. Oh, Dave, you know him. You know him already up there. You, oh, you, bro, this is my. Oh, you know, PV is so loyal, man. <laughs> the alumni and stuff like that. So I got relatives. Oh, you better go here. Like this right. is this is the snuffing gr- stuff like that, right? But um, I kind of knew once. Um, like I said, I was there and I was very comfortable. Like GPA was crazy high. Everything was growing great. Like mm-hmm. I had absolutely no reason to leave except for my happiness, right? I knew right. that I wanted something bigger and ultimately made the transition. Well, speaking on the comfortable uncomfortable, there was something I read in this uh room I used to study in. It literally said get comfortable being uncomfortable. Literally. Mm-hmm. And I it kind I knew I was going to leave when I got there on the first mm-hmm. day. I spent 3 semesters there. But I read that that one day like, "Oh, I this is a, I have to go." Like this right. is this is confirmation for what I already knew. So ultimately made the transition to um, Austin. And we've been there ever since. And we just graduated See in May. See how it works? Yeah, just graduated <laughs> in May and everything. And now it's just super dope. And the opportunities that come with that um, have been nothing short of phenomenal. So For sure. I'm glad that worked out for you in that way. That was awesome. That you recognized that too. Right. And knew that like you wanted that change. You I think know? I... I don't know. I just sort of, I think I'm a manifester in some senses. I mean, I know, the thing is, I, a lot of the stuff I've already, like, predetermined and I already, I've kind of predicted. I mean, I knew I wasn't going to stay at Prairie the day I got there. Right. Now, UT is such a hard school to get get into. And mind you, I didn't get into LSU, like I said. So, right. the transition, I don't even think I give myself enough credit because tra- transferring from Prairie to UT is just, yeah, it's just impossible. Yeah, no, <laughs> just, for that sure. just can't happen. I, like, I feel like should we Google the acceptance rate at UT because it's probably super low. Let me let me tell you, PV acceptance rate is about 90, 90 <laughs> 95. UT about twenty, yeah. twenty percent. So, and then the transfer. I don't know. I don't give myself enough credit for that to be honest. Just thinking about it, but I mean, 33%. really, thirty three percent. Hey, shout out to you, family. I love you. <laughs> That's my producer back there, but he's my best friend too. 33 yeah no i mean yeah i don't know it but in ut wasn't this like i said i think i'm a manifester but i ut wasn't the school that i was like oh i gotta go to ut so people come up to me all the time like oh you went to my dream school like and you're doing things i dreamed about npr wasn't a dream for me it was it's just something i kind of stumbled into like Mm -hmm. it's everything i'm doing now is sort of just happening on the spot like i said i wanted to i knew i wanted to go to a big school landed at ut I knew I wanted to do podcasting one day, ended up here, ended up with uh, NPR, right? Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of manifesting things. I don't know. I don't know. It's like your path, like what's meant to be for you will be, and that's what's happening. That's awesome. I love that. You have to mix work ethic with hope and desire because desire is just not enough. Like mm-hmm. I say manifest, but that's like, a, that's like a buzzword almost. Like people think you could just manifest success. No, you right. have to like work. Like yeah, you have to work yeah. hard. It takes both. <laughs> yeah, like you have to work super hard and you know all about that because you do television. And like I've mentioned, I definitely wanted to tap in with television. I thought my whole, I mean, I started doing newspaper, but I knew again, like mm-hmm. my personality is too big to be on a front, on a front page. Right. So I had to transition out to television. So, um, as someone who left the space but knows a, a good amount about it, I want to know your perspective of um, 
what's it been like and how just the struggles and adjustment because people will see you on television and they'll be like oh look at mariah look at her doing that thing right. like look at her she big time she got the blue check look she's doing <laughs> that thing right but the thing is like people and i've seen this people don't understand like your hours are crazy like right. people don't know like television is the it's such a difficult industry to get into so mm-hmm. please break that down for people listening because they don't know yeah, for sure. Um, I would say just um, like getting into a station and getting on screen takes a little bit of effort too. Like I don't know how it is for people who didn't go to school because, like I said, I went to school and you right. know moved over to journalism. Great, great, great journalism school at Arizona State, the Cronkite School, um, and they prepare you. They connect you with people. I mean, they have like people who come and visit and see about recruiting you, all kinds of stuff like that. So I feel like they completely prepare me to step into that um kind of job but i don't so i don't know how it is for people who don't i can't give advice to that or speak to that at all it's very difficult yeah like I'm, i'm sure it is extremely difficult but um So for me, I just started connecting. Actually, the way that I got my job, I didn't even want to work after college. I was like, Mm. you know what? I've been going to school forever. I've been studying forever, just stuck in this square, right? Like I want to do, I want to live for a little bit. Like I want to be free, like just travel, maybe take the money I had saved and, you know, graduation money and stuff like Mm. that and just start traveling and enjoy life for a little bit. Um, So I didn't want to work. And then I got closer to graduation and um, there's this group that I was in for women journalists on Facebook. And I saw, you know, a few people uh, making posts in there about, hey, I'm looking for a job. Is there any station hiring? You know, it's like United States, right? Across the United States. Um, And this lady had commented, a news director from Corpus Christi had commented and said, we're hiring, you know, looking for some um, MSJs is what they call it. It's a multi-skilled journalist. journalist yep, yep. Right. So it's uh, it's a reporter, but you are like a one man band. Right. Um, and so she's like, we're hiring, you know, shoot me an email. And so mm-hmm. I commented and I was like, hmm, like Corpus Christi, that's not too far from home. Right. And just a little backstory on that. Uh, like, why did I come back home living in Arizona? Right. Um, I initially was like, this job's going to take me wherever because I can't be picky, right? Like, you're supposed to take a job yeah, anywhere. But, 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 but tap into that for real, though, because yeah. people don't understand. Like, I remember in these, I'm in these television classrooms, and they're telling you, like, you have literally no option as to what, <laughs> yeah. what city. Oh, you want to go to New York? Well, you're going to Kansas. Like, you're not, you're not going to the big markets that you want to go to. So yeah. please tap in with oh, that. Oh, for sure. Uh, New York is number one in the United States. Right. So you probably definitely no. won't ever get there. Out of, out of, out of college? <laughs> no, ma'am. No, sir. No, yeah. no, no, no. That's not happening. No, um, no. Yeah, it's a struggle. So uh, for anyone who doesn't know how television works, so we're based off of markets. Um you know, every city has a market number attached to them. And that kind of goes based off of how many people in that uh, DMA, in that region, tune into the news. Mm. How many people, you know, ratings wise and things like that. So Houston is somewhere around number seven, number eight, maybe out of the United States. Um, so they're they're a top market, right? New York is number one. Yep. Chicago's up there. LA's up there. I mean, all these big cities, they're top 10, top 20 markets. Um, and so it is definitely hard. Whenever you're graduating, you're told, like, you will not have a choice. You're going to go wherever yep. Yep. we'll take you. Um, you know, you don't get paid anything. Ooh, <laughs> hey, that, see, that's that's the problem with journalism altogether, though. Journalism, oh, sure. my God. They be, listen, I'm not going to lie. These, they have 
in the curriculum. Yeah. They tell you, listen, journalists, you are not going to be paid. <laughs> this I, It has to be on the syllabus because they, yeah. they want you to know, which I, yeah. I like the transparency, but it'd be throwing mm-hmm. some people away. But go ahead. No, girl. for sure. Like, um, I remember getting into a call in one of our classes with somebody who was a reporter at a local station in Arizona. And one of the first things he said was like, what you need to do right now is make sure that this is something you want to do because you're not getting into this business for the money. You're not mm. getting into it for the glamour. None of that. Like you are getting into it because you want to be a journalist because Facts. you truly want to do this job and it makes you happy. That that has to be the only reason because the money isn't enough. You know, the glamour isn't enough. You do your own hair and makeup, you know, mm. like there's this idea. Hey, she's dropping gems, bro. I didn't even know that. I didn't know that. Hey, yeah, you know, hey, so, so you definitely have to like want to do it. And I think when you're graduating, all of these questions you have to face, mm. you know, because you have some friends who are graduating accounting or whatever and they're or you know they're becoming rns and stuff you know they're going to get paid way more and you you think you're going to get paid but like you know it's nothing and you just have to figure that stuff out right like you have to figure out where you want to live where you're willing to live um the weather change you go from living in arizona and now you might be sent to wisconsin you know Mm. where it snows all the time um, I knew I wanted to come back home. I knew I wanted to be back in Texas. Um, my Momo had passed away my sophomore into junior year. So mm. at that moment, I kind of had this like realization that, you know what? Like, yes, home is always home. Richmond's always going to be there. But right. the people, the family is not always going to be there. Mm. So I had this like, you know, I want I love my family so much. We're so close knit. I have, you know, three siblings. So I knew I wanted to come back home i knew i wanted to be closer to home at least and if anything were to happen like i'm just a drive away not an airplane ride so that's why i wanted to come back home when i saw that listing of that lady um side note corpus christi is a 128 market so they're a low market is what we would say um which is you know an achievable market coming out of college right like you're shooting for those higher markets like that um so i knew it was feasible you know possibly i could get it if i really tried um so i reached out to the nd via email we were emailing what is nd nd that's oh news director i'm sorry (laughs) no i should know this Uh, they shouldn't i do go ahead (laughs) yeah so um just the chain of command you have your obviously your gm general manager who kind of like owns that station or manages it and then underneath them for for our side of things would be the news director and then you have an assistant news director and that sort of thing and it just tumbles back down Um, But the news director, yeah, she's the one who had commented on that Facebook post saying, we have a few positions open, shoot me an email. So I commented and said, would it be okay if I shot you an email too? So we started emailing. Being being intentional. Right. You have to be intentional. Right. So we started emailing back and forth. And um, she had kind of sent me like a copy and paste type of thing of like a pitch for their station, I felt like. And so I responded and was like, okay, sounds good. You know, um, here's a link to my reel at the time from college, um, a link to my website because at my school they had us create all of that stuff and that's yeah. why i say they really gave us the tools to succeed ut as well i would yeah. say there's a, there's a lot of good things they do a lot of wrong but they right. <laughs> i think their journalism school is definitely top tier and it definitely prepared me to for sure davidwest.org yeah. <laughs> mariah s gallegos dot org. oh gosh. go ahead i'm sorry <laughs> um but uh yeah and so you know we started emailing i sent her my stuff and she emailed me back giving me her uh a calendar invite to a phone call that's what she called it 
So for the next Monday or next week or in some time, and I was like, okay, cool, sounds good, whatever. Mind you, I still have this idea that I don't want to work. Like I'm like I'm just filling it where, out. Where does that? Where did that come from? <laughs> how did you? How did you get there? What does that? What did that come from? What to that think? idea yeah, of like yeah, not yeah. wanting to work. Yeah. What, what um, I just well, like, I just you know was getting to the end of graduation, and I thought, you know what, I just I feel like once I start working, I'm never gonna stop. Mm, like once I start working and I move somewhere and I have to start maintaining bills and this and that like it's never going to stop it's a cycle that's just you fall in love with the grind yeah you you like the money you're making money you like it you like independency you know you don't want to live back at mom and dad's house or you know like all those things so I just knew that once I started in the business I just have to keep going so um, I didn't want to start yet I was like no I want to take some time to myself you know I went from high school to college no break straight there um and i yeah i worked i mean i went to school over the summers even like when i would come home i was still taking summer classes at wcjc like trying to get ahead in college so i feel like i was always just on the go on the go and i never had time to explore myself and and pursuing television you have to be that way that's the thing right exactly it's like constantly um so i just i just wanted that for myself and my own like individual growth i wanted to take some time um as in you know, 21 year old graduating college. Um, But that didn't happen. So I hopped on that phone call with the news director. And um, it was more of like an interview over the Mm. phone. And we ended and then she called me back like 30 minutes later to offer me the job. Super dope. Yeah. And so she offered me the job. She told me how much it would pay and that sort of thing. And I was um, very indecisive. I didn't give an answer right away. I talked to my mom and my mom knew that I didn't want to work. She knew I wanted to travel a little bit. So it was easy to kind of talk with her about it. Um, I talked with my boyfriend at the time. I have a question about this, though. Mm-hmm. Um, this idea of you not wanting to work, because we had a conversation prior to turning the cameras on about yeah. sort of being your own entrepreneur while being sort of, is it tied to a tied to a, a network? Or how would you describe it? Um, sort of being tied to oh. a, a, a market Right. And not being able to pursue your own endeavors at the same time. Right, like uh, with my current job as right, a news right. reporter right, or working right. in news in general. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, the way that it works right now, um, so whenever you become a part of a, a news station, and that right. I'm pretty sure this is literally everywhere, any reporter that I know, we sign contracts, right? Um, and that's just to kind of give them some reliability on you as a reporter, right? Because as a viewer you don't want to keep seeing a new reporter every month or, you know, like you find a station, a news network that you like, you mm. tune in, you like the people on there. You like a certain reporter, you like a certain anchor, whatever. Right. Stations know that they know that the viewer wants consistency, reliability, that sort of thing. Right. So you sign a contract, you know, to give the station that a promise, basically. Well, within that contract are a number of things that come with signing onto a station and being an on-air talent, I should say. Um, Because digital people who work for news may not sign to the same things, right? Right. Um, Some of the things, like you said, um, that you have to sign to is a non-compete clause. And that is that, one, you will not work on air for another station within your market. Um, so, like, in Corpus Christi, I couldn't go and work for another station there. Um, for how long? What's, how, what's I think it's today? a year, wow. um, maybe a year and a half. Um, you could work there. I should uh, – let me correct myself. You can work there. You just cannot go on air. You're not supposed to. Okay. Um, and, and 
you run into legal issues if you mm. do possibly. Some wow. stations are more strict about it than others. Um, it all, all depends on right the GM or you know the people that you answer to higher ups and stuff. Um, some of them are more lenient, like sure, yeah, you were a great employee. We understand yeah. we have to part ways for your reasons, our reasons. Um, go ahead. Some are so a these, more net- these networks are competing with one another at the end of the day. Do you think it's right. that they're trying to that they identify you as a talented anchor, a talented broadcaster, meteorologist, whatever it may be, mm-hmm. and they want to keep you under them strictly? Or what do you think? Why Why is that, you think? Why do stations like kind of yeah, have Yeah, why do they try to place? keep one talent under their uh, sort of, under their box? Why do right. they try to, yeah. Um, I think it's because, um, well, I, I can't speak as like a manager. I don't right, know, right. but I assume it's assuming. Ideas. Yeah, your ideas, right. yeah. Um, yeah, I assume part of it is because, so me as a coming out of college student, or even if I wasn't, I guess, um, I'm learning and growing as a reporter through this station. They give me the tools to make new stories. They give me the tools to learn how to track my voice so that I sound better on air. And they, um, you know, they're giving me their viewers, right? People have been tuning in to this station long before I was born. They're a legacy station. So for me to join their team, um, they are giving me their viewers, right? So I gain followers. I gain uh, viewers who tune in just to see me or whatever, right? Um, and so they're kind of building that plat, helping me build my platform as a brand. My brand is connected to them, right? They gave me that. Right. Um, so I think that's part of the reason why they want to keep you. They don't want you to take everything that they've given you, the resources, the tools, the platform, the viewers. They don't want you to take all of that and go somewhere they, else. They with they it. want to control your likeness basically and your right. like your likability. It's just like the NCAA and what. Right. My guy was talking about with the WWE, right? But yeah, that's exactly. Insane. And I yeah. think that's actually the wording that they use in your Likeability? contract, likeness and stuff like likeness, that. Yeah, um, your voice, insane. your personality, all of that. Um, it sort of belongs to them. And and I say that to an extent, right? You could go ahead and and do it. I mean, no one's going to stop you, but you may run into some legal issues because again, wow. you signed a contract. Wow. No, before we had this conversation before we turned the cameras <laughs> on, and that. That blew my mind. I just had no idea. And it, um, you know, as I'm starting to transition more into audio and I mean, I'm fully out of television now but for, the, for the time being. I, I definitely won't rule it out moving forward. But um, no, I think people listening and people who want to be in your position or aspire to do television, because, again, you've already highlighted we haven't even talked about some of the stuff you report on when it comes to right. homicides and we oh, yeah. people don't even know about that. Mm-hmm. So, pe- But again, people see you on television. They want to be where you are. And um, it definitely comes with the challenges. Yeah. Yeah. That's just that's insane. I wonder if that will be abolished at some point, the likability and stuff like that, because, yeah, we saw it in college, college Mm -hmm. sports. And then we're starting we're starting to see sort of a transition out of that where, Mm -hmm. you know, you can have you own your own brand, you own your own likeness. So I think um, and one of the things, too, that's important to know is that you can negotiate everything in that contract is negotiable. But when you're our age and you're just entering the field, you know, first of all, I'm not reading the fine print. So it's like, you know, what I'm saying it's such a yeah, especially at our age. That's Mm -hmm. why it's that's why this conversation is so important, because, again, people just watching, wanting to be on television and do stuff like they need to know. Like, that's real. I I didn't know until you came in and dropped that game that that was the case in television. So it's like, unless I get an offer from this station, then right. I can leave. And you make sure that's negotiable. You ask them to put that in the contract. They agree to it, and you both sign on that. 
you know definitely, so definitely negotiate your own bag like right for sure <laughs> i mean you're putting me hey you, you like that one. i'm no i'm like i said i'm just entering the workforce as well with npr and doing big things with them so it's it's an adjustment from hearing you say this is putting me on a lot of game i'm trying to tell you so good i'm glad somebody taught me i mean we all learn from somebody you know so and if we my thing is is if we don't share it then we're all kind of stuck in our own you know we don't know what what we can ask for i don't know what you're getting paid i don't know if i'm getting underpaid or you know whatever so it's an open conversation (laughs) am i I being underpaid (laughs) <laughs> maybe right so you kind of tapped into this um what are you doing now i know you meteorologist with mississippi how does that work mississippi state right how yeah so um I'm, i decided to go back to school last year online through mississippi state um to get my meteorology degree to be a, a weather weather girl but meteorologist wow. yeah. so you're you're fully ingrained in the grind see you oh, yeah. you were t- you came out of, <laughs> this is so dope you came out thinking I don't want to work. I don't want to do school no more. And like you, you but it, it's so right though. Once you start, like it's it goes back to winning. What right. winning is literally it's addictive. Like winning is definitely addictive. My and I God. think as we grow up, like we find things that we truly like or that we don't like, right? Like, and you said this earlier. Some of the things that you have to see as a reporter, um, a lot of it is similar to what police go through and firefighters. You know, your your first responder. You know, like me, I would consider I don't consider myself a first responder in their sense, but I am first on scene a lot of times, you know, and so you witness a lot of ugly things. A lot yeah, of we could, yeah, let's definitely spend time on that, too. Um, sorry to cut you off. No, no, you're fine. But, oh, what were we talking about before that, though, before I sp- spiraled into that? I want to talk about Mississippi State, but no, oh, yeah, but yeah, that yeah. I brought it up for a reason, though. We okay. need to address it, though, because, again, it's something people don't think about. Like, you're, right. you're out here on crime scenes, on homicide calls at 5, 4, 3 in the morning. You said you set an alarm for 2. Yeah. And I've gone waking up before that, too. So, like, the phone never stops. Um, you're on call. You're basically on call, you know. Um, if there's a gas explosion, which happens in Corpus because we're home to a lot of refineries mm. and things like that, um, they're call- you got to get your butt out there ASAP. Crazy. Like, take your makeup bag, just put on a polo and some shorts and head out there. Um, pair in a ponytail and take your hat, people, you know. <laughs> yo, I'm just saying, like, people, y'all need to – if you're tapped in, you need to like listen. Like she's telling, and I again, I I would hear about. I was I was in the classes. I didn't transition right. to audio to my senior year. Right? I didn't start interning with them till the pandemic. Right, so that was my scene. That was 2020 when I graduated. Mm-hmm. So I was on this television track, and I thought I was gonna be the next Shannon Sharp. <laughs> Hopefully, right? Probably hey, not. Time. <laughs> maybe, maybe. But it it just took me a long time to not only make the transition, but. It, but again, you're saying things that I don't even know even to this day. So keep going, keep going. Sorry. News is a beast for sure. Um, there's certainly like PTSD, I think, that you can get from working this job. Mm. Um, I mean, like just from working in news for the almost two years that I have now, I feel like I have like a worry for my own life and like my future kids because of some of the things that I've seen. I mean, um, like just for example, and this is so small, but um, one day I was sent out because somebody had got it was a hit and run uh, on the freeway. So somebody was like trying to cross over the freeway and they got hit and they died. And uh, it happened super early in the morning. And so I had to head out there, find a where to park. I mean, there's so many things yeah, that are hard. So you know, you're like yeah. in Houston. I don't know how it is. I'd, it would be a freaking stress, oh whole, full stress, like anxiety attack. Right, I feel right. like I would have trying to navigate things. But in Corpus, it's a lot more slow and it's right. a lot smaller. So 
I had to find a way where to park and walk up there. And, you know, you have to grab an interview with the police person. You have to get um, something verified because up until that point, all that you have is a police scanner and you you cannot yeah. report that. And, and right? the people you talk to, they're learning as you're learning. It's right. on the fly. Everything's happening in yeah. real time. Exactly. And they're trying. Sometimes it takes a little bit longer to get um, an interview because they're trying to, like, get the story straight. Right. They can't go on on, you know, and say something that they don't know for a fact. And so um, sometimes it takes longer if there's a a police involved or I hate to say that kind of phrase. But when a police shoots somebody Mm. is which is what happens. Um, Police involved shooting is what the police say. It's a cop shot somebody. Um, she dropping gems. <laughs> when, yeah. Whenever that happens, um, you know it, the story takes. A li- I mean, it takes a little bit longer to get the chief to come in and say what happened. But on this day, somebody had got hit and they, you know, died. And I get out of my car. I get the interview and everything. I send it in really quickly. Right. Send in some tidbits of what happened so we can get that on on web ASAP. Right? Like mm. we want to be the first to push out what's going on, why there's traffic maybe, and why the freeways closed. Right. right. And then I move on and I start getting video because you need to get what we call B-roll, right? And it's just video of the scene. Background footage. And I'm getting video and I'm not even like paying attention necessarily to the scene. I'm there to do my job, get the video so I can dip, right? And I'm getting all this video. And then I put my camera down to get walk a little bit closer to where the cops are. And I realize the dead guy is right there in front of me. And so I just got all these clips of him laid out, like, you know, on the floor and like his shoe is right next to me. And it's like you're finally I realized the scene of things and I see him and I text him and I'm like, do not use any of that video. You know, like he's in the video and I didn't even click. Right. It's just my mind is going on work, 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 like get get the footage, get it, you know, this and that. And it happens every single day right so like you see things like this every single day um like you hear stories about it every single day and with the pandemic made it a lot more difficult right because you're talking to families who lost family members or who Mm. are going through things or seeing things that they've never seen before and so it's just it's a spiral of like different kind of events that you have to you have to cover it's news it's it's right? uh it's organized chaos i think that's my favorite term right. my dad told me that a couple of days ago organized chaos and it's yeah. it's definitely a, a beautiful and an ugly situation like i said i'm gonna keep saying they see you on tv right they see you look at mariah's real that's what i yeah, said like look yeah. at her winning and then but there's like so much that goes on in the background that just the average person just does not see right and that right. again you want to be on television but yo there's a lot of stuff that you've illustrated just in this short time i've had you just mm-hmm. that emphasizes that so yo i appreciate you for coming through yo Thank this you. is you dropped a <laughs> lot of game a lot of game as someone who aspired to be on television and for other people watching that aspire to be on television, you dropped a lot of game so good. I really I'm appreciate glad. you. I'm glad. Yeah, it was a good conversation. And uh, there's, you know, a lot to go that goes into uh, being on news, being on television, um, good and bad. Of course, you enjoy it. It's nice. Right. I love my job. I would say I have a fun job. What I what I wanted to achieve back when I was enrolling into college and that is to have a fun job. I certainly have that. There just definitely are bad days that stick with you. And I think that's that's with every job. That's a fact. That's a fact. <laughs> I got to make sure I'm not underpaid from NPR. <laughs> Yo, I appreciate you. Hiya, LaPod, man. God damn, it's going to be a great season. I'm trying to tell you people, y'all better tap in because we are going crazy. I'm having, 
I'm showing y'all my network. I'm literally showing you the people I'm aligning myself with because it's important. Again, I'm gonna say it. Your network is your net worth, right? You have to align yourself with people winning, and I definitely think you're winning. So awesome. Had you to too. have you on the platform. Ah, I'm doing a little something. <laughs> I'm doing something. Man, nothing, nothing too much. I'm doing something. Shout out to Hayalapaj. Shout out my producer Ruffy. I love you, fam. Let's end it. <laughs>